Hello, mighty warriors of God, and welcome to MI15. Today is Thursday, January 18th, 2024, and this is day 2,129 of our journey together. Thank you so, so much for tuning into our podcast. My name is Jackie, and welcome, welcome, welcome to you. So let's go ahead and get started. Father, we honor you, we glorify you, and we praise you. Thank you so much, my Lord, for just downloading so many great things into our hearts, helping us, Lord, to go forth and accomplish everything you've given us to do, to encourage, to edify, and to uplift others. And also, Lord, you've given us new revelation and ideas to even start businesses, to to um, to start new things, new platforms, Father, to go forth and, um, and accomplish all that you have for us this day. I thank you, my Lord, for comforting the brokenhearted and healing the sick and blessing those who may be in fight financial need. I ask, Father, that you will speak today, that it be all about you and not about me. In Jesus' name, amen. Glory to God, everybody. Thank you again for tuning in. Today's message is, don't get comfortable in your lifestyle. So there's some lifestyles that we have that can really be or come across as hopeless or crippling or devastating or, you know, there's no way of escape. And God wants you to know that he is there with you and for you, no matter how bad it may get or feel or seem. And I know it's real, but God is wanting you to know he's there for you. We're coming out of John chapter 5, verses 1 through 15. John chapter 5, verses 1 through 15. And it says, Sometimes later, Jesus went up to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish festivals. Now there in Jerusalem, near the Sheep Gate, a pool, which is Aramaic, which in Aramaic is called Bethesda, and which is surrounded by five covered colonnades. So these are like five porches. And, uh, and, and so it just describes what this place looks like. And it says, Here a great number of disabled people used to lie, the blind, the lame, the paralyzed. One who was there had been an invalid for 38 years. So he was not able to walk for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been in this condition for a long time, he asked him, do you want to get well? Interesting, isn't it? I mean, Jesus, of course, knows all things. But to ask that question, do you want to get well? It's really just really uh, intrigued me. Uh, Verse 7 says, Sir, the invalid replied, I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred. And I'll tell you a little bit more about that in in my points, okay? So he says, I have no one to help me to get in the pool when the water is stirred. While I'm trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. 
And I can only imagine it's like this big rush, you know, people trying to get into this water when it is, and I'll tell you a little bit about it now, when the water is stirred and it's like um, the Holy Spirit um, uh, allowing that water to be a healing water at that moment or at that time. And uh, it only happened uh, so many times. I don't know if it was so many times a year, or but whenever it happened, uh, the people knew. And those that could get in, the person that could get in first was the one that was healed. And it says, while I'm trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. Then Jesus said to him, get up, pick up your mat and walk. At once the man was cured. He picked up his mat and walked. <laughs> I mean, this is just miraculous. I mean, he for 38 years had been in this situation and now he's able to pick up his mat and walk because Jesus said to do so. The day on which this took place was a Sabbath. And so the Jewish leaders said to the man who had been healed, it is the Sabbath. The law forbids you to carry your mat. <laughs> All they cared about was this rule that they had um, in place. And, and of course, the Sabbath was a day of rest. Uh, and But these Jewish leaders had added so many more rules to the Sabbath, the things that they could not do. I mean, they could not, he couldn't carry his mat on the, on the day of the Sabbath. And the, the most beautiful thing was this man was healed. They didn't even acknowledge that. Verse 11 says, but he replied, the man who made me well said to me, pick up your mat and walk. <laughs> so they asked him, who is this fellow who told you to pick it up and walk? <laughs> Yet still, they're blinded. Uh, from their own pride and not recognizing that this man who was in such a horrible situation for 38 years is now able to walk. The man who had, who was healed had no idea who it was for Jesus had slipped away into the crowd that was there. Later, Jesus found him at the temple and said to him, so, and this is another beautiful thing. The man was at the temple. He's there more than likely to worship. He used to be laid at the temple uh, to beg. Now he is there at the temple. And I, I'm just, um, from my perspective, uh, thinking he's there to worship because now he's able to walk. He says, Jesus says to him, see, you are well again. Stop sinning or something worse may happen to you. The man went away and told the Jewish leaders that it was Jesus who made him well. So not only did Jesus heal the man, right? I mean, he also told him about the next step. Uh, and that was uh, to seek God's forgiveness. Uh, the man was delighted to be physically healed, but he had to turn from his sins and seek God's forgiveness. Um and to be spiritually healed. God's forgiveness is the greatest gift uh, we could ever receive. So we should not neglect that gift of forgiveness, which allows us to be saved, the gift of salvation. So God saw to it to not only healing physically, but most importantly, spiritually. 
so that he could be with the Lord forever. I mean, that says so much here and, and um, you know, how much God loves us and how, you know, when Jesus healed him, Jesus knew it was the Sabbath. <laughs> he created the Sabbath. Um, but yeah, it didn't, that wasn't the most important thing. The most important thing was this man's healing. So point number one, have you ever felt like this is as good as it's going to get? I'll just accept what's in my life as the norm. So often we can become hopeless when things in our life bring pain and hardship. And it never seems to change. It's like walking around with a ball and chain attached to your legs. It's a heavy weight that we can't seem to shake. So we've learned to accept and even embrace it as part of our lives. Well, as we can see with this dear man, he had been in this situation for 38 years. And no matter what he did, he could not beat the others into the pool of Bethesda. So this is the part I was going to tell you about. So uh, in some uh, Bible uh, transcripts, it'll tell you this. It says, um, from time to time, an angel of the Lord would come down and stir the waters. The first one into the pool after each such um, disturbance would be cured from whatever disease they had. So however often this happened, I had originally said once a year, so I really don't know. And we don't know. It's just however often the angels came down to do what they did to that water. Uh, and we know that that was an anointing of God. God allowed that. So point number two, this could certainly make you feel hopeless if you see things uh, only from a physical, um, a physical standpoint. Remember, even if you only, uh, I mean, even if you feel trapped in an infirmity, God can minister to your deepest needs. Don't let a problem or hardship cause you to lose hope. God may have special work for you to do in spite of your condition or even because of it. So think about that. You know, at the time you're dealing with it and going through it, you may not see it that way because it's so excruciating. It's so hard. Um, but even through that, God has a work for you. Many have ministered effectively to hurting people because they have triumphed over their own hurts. The very reason that I've become an abolitionist against human trafficking, which is slavery, was because of a group of brave women uh, who had been prostituted, sexually abused, neglected, for many years of their lives, came together and shared their stories through various workshop-type platforms. I attended um, many of these um, uh, platforms or workshops years ago, 
And uh, when I was first uh, introduced to it from a lady that I met, Allison, who was someone that was also, um, I would say, an activist for people that were going through uh, this. Um, she was a modern day and is still abolitionist. And when I met her, they came to our church on 21st and Prospect, and they heard about the people that we were serving. And someone told them this, and, and she and another lady or two came, and they had formed this organization where they helped women and men, but primarily it was women that they were helping. Uh, and they had like this underground movement where uh, there was a segment of their organization or a group of the ladies that would, and, and, it, and it, they had their own. So these, it was like several different organizations that worked in the same arena, helping uh, people that were being human trafficked uh, or sex trafficked in this case. And they all had different areas that they served. So one group served an area of um, strip clubs where women were being used, even though women, some women say, this is a good way for me to make money, to go to school or whatever. It is still a form of trafficking. And um, so there are some women in that field that that's not necessarily what they would prefer to do but they may feel like that's all they can do to make the money that they need to make, or they've been forced into that. Many were forced into that. So these women would go to those type places at night and hand out information to these women. And so they got smarter at doing it because the pimps uh, and the people making money off of these women would uh, penalize them or make them suffer even more if they felt like they were taking information from people like that. So they had to get wiser in the way that they presented the information. So they did it in, in different ways, and I won't go into those details, uh, but that was safe for the women and, and giving them a way of escape. So setting up a way to rescue them and uh, and doing it very discreetly so that they are not harmed or killed. So the, that was one area. Uh, another area, these women were, uh, there was a group of them that would do like a speaking circuit. And they those were the workshops and teaching people in the community about what this looks like and uh, how to help uh, and how to, to recognize it, teaching us awareness. And, and that was, my friends, the one of the best things that could have happened for me in my life because I had no idea this was going on. And it was truly a blessing, so much so that that is why now, and this was years, some years ago, and, and still it's been on my heart and I would still learn more and more and figure out ways to implement this. And God opened a door for me to do this with our youth and families through another organization called A21. I encourage you to check out their website, A21. It is, and I've talked about it before, it is an organization that is uh, ran by believers. It is a Christian-based 
organization that is nationwide that helps bring awareness. They also help people who have been uh, enslaved uh, to rescue them and get them into a safe place, uh, getting them educated, getting them jobs. There's different formats or uh, I, I look at it as different modules that they have. So they also offer curriculum free of charge. They offer pamphlets, uh, so t-shirts and things like that that you can get off their website so that you too can become a modern day abolitionist. That is helping to free people uh, and supporting those people that are going through uh, this slavery. And And I talk about this often, but it is so important because this is not something Uh, of God. This is totally of Satan. And God has called us to come alongside these wonderful people and help them in whatever way we can. Some might say, I can help through donations. Some might say, I can help by bringing awareness, teaching my children so that they don't become uh, entrapped in this. Uh, teaching family members, whatever that is, sharing it in my church. That's another thing we're doing. Um, so we don't have to become that. That doesn't have to become our norm, whatever that is that is not healthy in our lives. And God, again, may use that as your platform to help others. I had much more I was going to share with you, but the Holy Spirit led me to delve into this a little deeper so that we can make you more aware of what it is that is happening right beneath our noses. Uh, Human trafficking, our children, uh, out of the 50 million people that are being, that are enslaved and being trafficked today, 25% of them are children. This is a $150 billion industry. This is one of the areas that uh, we need to be aware of and how we don't ha- people don't have to be let this become their normal lifestyle. And whatever way God has given it to you to help in this area, then so be it. It might be an area that you're in in your own life right now where you feel like this is your norm. God is saying, no, it is not. It might be, you know, for us coming up, it was uh, we weren't able to get welfare or Medicaid or any of those things that that could help us because they said my mother made too much money. There are some families where this has become a family legacy, where this is the norm for them uh, to get uh, government assistance generation after generation. And then what happens, you become in enslaved in a way to the government because then the government will say at some point we're going to take this away from you and then it's like what do we do and it's not your fault but it's about we need to redirect and begin to let God show you things to do now to begin to progressively uh, get away from that whatever that is that is like a imprisonment uh, is not where God would have us to be. So I'm going to end it there because I can go on and on with this. Um, But I want you to know 
that God loves you so much, whatever that is that you're dealing with, he's there for you. Now, if you don't know Jesus, this is your day. Romans 10 and 9 says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Glory be to God. I love you all so very much. May the Lord bless and protect you. May his face radiate with joy because of you. May he be gracious unto you, show you his favor, and give you his peace. In Jesus' name, amen. And remember, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. And don't forget to check us out on our website, JackieBikesMinistries.org, J-A-C-K-I-E-B like boy, U-Y-C-K-S Ministries.org. Check out the messages and please share them with others. And don't forget to check us out on our website on TZoneKC.org to learn more about what we're doing in the community, teaching our youth about these amazing skills, life skills, workforce skills, entrepreneurship development, peer mediation, human trafficking awareness and DIY projects. We thank you all so much for your prayers, your support, and your donations. All right, mighty warriors, go forth and make it an awesome day, fulfilling the purpose that God has given you, and I will talk to you later. Bye-bye.